Hello and welcome to The Outer Frame. I'm your host, Jason Sellers, and on today's episode we will be discussing The Favorite, as well as listening to Caitlin break down some trailers and make us guess what movies they're for. But first, let me break down my favorite trailer, Donnie Nelson! <laughs> How are you? In a world where I'm depressed this week, I'm sorry Jason, I've watched bad movies. <laughs> I mean, it's not that much different from any other week. <laughs> well, if you think about it, would you rather have a good movie that depresses you or a bad movie that kind of makes you feel okay? It's a, that's a good point. Good movie. Sorry, I, I'm talking philosophy. Let's go on. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, just to use a recent example, I recently... Well, okay, recently. I, I watched... Uh, sh- uh, can't talk. Holmes and Watson few weeks ago mm. or a few few months ago and uh that movie made me so angry because it was so bad and it made me depressed because it was so awful i feel like i would rather watch a movie that is intentionally trying to make me depressed as opposed to one that just makes me depressed because it's so bad yeah and you said that it was pretty mean-spirited too like it literally does not give you good feelings no they're all terrible everything Everything. Can't Everything wait for Step Brothers too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, don't. Technically, I think you mean uh, like Step Brothers four. Yeah. No. Right. Haven't they done three movies together now? You're. I want to say it's more than three. Talladega Nights. Step Brothers. Uh, Step Brothers. Watson or Holmes and Watson. Yep. Is there another one? Nah, it doesn't or something. matter. Yeah, like I said. <laughs> we're, s- I, we're spending too much time... Ta- look it up. We're spending too much time talking about a movie that I absolutely hate. Let's move on to a movie yes. that you might hate. Donnie, what is <laughs> the worst thing that you've seen recently? The worst thing I saw recently because, for some reason, my instinct... Because we still have uh, cable in the household, so my instinct lately has been to flip to the sci-fi network... And, um, which, like, they actually run, uh, actually a lot of good stuff right now. Um, but the movie that was on when I turned it over there was 13 Ghosts, that has Tony (laughs) Shalhoub and Shan Elizabeth when she was still a thing, and Matthew Lillard, Shaggy himself. Mm -hmm. And that movie is, like, the critiques at the time were that. It was, the production was really good. Like, everything, everything but, like, the production of the house that they're in is, like, really cool. The makeup effects are, like, pretty well done. Yeah. They're a little cheesy, but, you know, what have you, it's a remake. Um, but the acting is just not, <laughs> like, it's it's as empty as the house is how their <laughs> acting is. Because uh, Tony Shalhoub is not really, like, a leading man. Like, he, he no. does well with, like, a TV series and, like, when he did Monk. But, like, like he is not a leading man. And then you no. have someone to fall back on with Matthew Lillard, who is just kind of, like, he kind of does his own thing. I love Matthew Lillard, but he is, <laughs> he just, like, hey, man, you know. He's just, like, like okay, settle down, Shaggy. But, um, but, like, the deaths are still good. Like, it's still, like, a fun, cheesy thing to watch, but, like, 
I'm not going to write like an essay or a paper on it anytime soon about how it's actually really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I got um, you. I, I, I feel like, uh, at least personally, I, I feel like the best part of that movie, which, you know, the idea that there's these 13 different horrible things running around this house, mm-hmm. is done so much better <laughs> in the like last half of Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't even know that I would rewatch it. I remember when I was younger, when I watched it the first time, I thought I remember thinking that there was like one really cool ghost, and that the rest of them were kind of lame. And I don't even remember what that ghost was anymore. Was it was it the lady that was naked? I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> because it's hilarious it, to watch it, that stuff when it's on like a network, you know, like on Sci-Fi yeah. where they can't do that. It's it, it still makes me laugh, but yeah, like all the ghosts are kind of have they're so cheesy. Like, mm-hmm. like seriously, if you had like like a dog in that house in that story, like you could you could easily make that a Scooby Doo movie, like so fast <laughs> because yeah. it's so cheesy. Like them running back and forth with all the ghosts mm-hmm. chasing after them, it'd be good. All right, well, but it's not good. That's the point. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the worst thing that I have seen recently, which, I I just want to be clear, this movie is not bad, I actually quite enjoyed it, but out of the two movies that I have seen... It just so happens to be the worst. Yes, which is uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, the new Dan Gilroy movie on uh, Netflix. Right. Which he did... um, he did Nightcrawler, which I, I am a huge fan of. I think you were too, weren't you? As a, It's a very creepy portrait of a man, for sure. Yeah. It's very good. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't feel like the payoff was enough to justify the journey, but it's a very fun, if very uneven journey there's a lot of i don't want to get too heavy into talking specific details because it is a really recent film it's only been out like what like a week or two so i don't want to spoil anything but there's there's some the first half of the movie is a really interesting portrait of jake gyllenhaal's character and then you know all of these other people that are in the movie and that exist in this world of art criticism and then the second half of the movie is kind of a bonkers almost ghost movie so it's it's good they're both like both halves of the movie are good they just don't i don't feel like they go very well together but i still really enjoyed it it was good it was solid i recommend people watch it and a lot of people have netflix so it's an easy recommend i suppose yeah so go watch it people I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have access to the Sci-Fi Channel too. So go watch, go watch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. What is the best thing that you've seen recently? The best thing I saw recently was have seen um, is Annihilation, which came out last year. So it probably would have been in my in my uh, top five if mm-hmm. I had seen it in time for us doing our end of year discussion. Um, yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a, 
It's a movie uh, that apparently not a lot of people want to go see because it didn't do very well at the box office. Um, but uh, it's a sci-fi... It's based on a novel. It's a sci-fi movie about uh, an asteroid that hits Earth. And then there is a thing called the Shimmer that emanates from this asteroid that um, weird things happen in the Shimmer. It's al it almost looks like a like a big like bubble that you would blow like a bath bubble um, and there's creepy stuff that happens in the shimmer uh, the cast is really good um, it's mostly all female except sorry excuse me uh, it's it's all female except for Oscar Isaacs o Oscar Isaac not Isaacs sorry I have another actor's name on the brain um, well, there there are multiple Oscar Isaacs in the universe so that's true that's true and and so it there's I mean it's 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 very smart it's very well paced it's Alex Garland who I like a lot both uh, his writing and like now that he's directed films unfortunately I haven't seen Ex Machina which is kind of a sin on my part but oh, you that's, know that's good right so I <laughs> I've already seen Oscar Isaac dancing so that's enough to sell me on it I just for some <laughs> reason haven't gotten around to it but Annihilation is I would say um doesn't how you said Holmes and Watson made you feel bad this movie made me feel bad in like uh, in an existential way for sure it is definitely existential dread I mean there's obviously a very physical like horror that's going on in this film but if you start thinking about like um, how these characters got here like what's happening with Natalie Portman's character um, and like her backstory and you know how she frames events and that that also kind of like took me off guard when I first watched it too or like when I just started it was it almost seemed like because it kept it, it keeps cutting uh, back and forth between the future past present and then so it's kind of disorienting in that way so it, it mm -hmm. took me like 15 minutes or so to actually like grasp on to 15 to 30 minutes grasp on like how they were structuring the story um it gets a little bit more straightforward later but yeah, yeah um the the end of that movie is it's depressing <laughs> like it's, but it's it's rough but, but it's like one of those things where uh it's depressing in on the surface but then there's something like like admirable or or beautiful about the thing that's happening especially with the vis visual effects like they're creepy but like there's a certain like appeal to them like you would uh, enjoy modern art um, yeah and then but then it, it kind of wraps back around it makes sure that it the threat is very present by the end of that film and it's just like like characters work with the story and the horror it's all I it's a movie that definitely would have been in my top five had I watched it before that podcast. Yeah, no, and I I feel like it's been almost a year since that movie's been out, so uh, light spoilers for Annihilation, but what did you think of The Bear? I, I want to say I liked it. I think I did have it spoiled for me a little bit beforehand. Yeah. But... And, and the way that they described how the bear 
came into being because the spoiler would be that uh, this bear creature who is mutated in the shimmer because that's what happens in the shimmer is yep. like all DNA is refracted into each other um, and this bear he it looks like he has a face of a skull or it just uh, you know yep. and then he kills one of the the women um, in the night and she gets dragged off by the creature and she's screaming and then when the bear comes back a little bit later in the film uh, the bear is like its growl is now the scream of the woman he dragged off mm-hmm. um, and it was it's unsettling I want to say that I've I've seen it before like I think I've I can't I can't give you a good example but Maybe it was just that it was spoiled for me. I like the concept, but um, I guess I guess I don't really like the execution as much. I think it could have been a little bit more subtle. Yeah. Like, it could have been, like, I, me being an armchair filmmaker, obviously. Like, having it be, like, a very uh, normal growl that you would hear from a bear, which is pretty terrifying, but then just kind of have, like, like, a discordant, like you know, tone of the woman and then, like, actually and then, like, progressively you start hearing help, you know but that's me, like, I'm I'm, I'm just doing armchair filmmaking mm-hmm. at this point, so, but, like, for what <laughs> it was, is very effective Yeah, no, I, uh I didn't have anything of that spoiled for me, and I know that the the big horror movie that has earned a bunch of acclaim this year was definitely hereditary but for me I think the scariest thing that I saw in a movie this year was that friggin bear I could see why it uh really upset me (laughs) but there's so many moments in that movie that that sound so silly when you talk about them later um which again light spoilers for Annihilation but the, the girl that turns into a tree um, you know, it, it sounds silly when you when you think about it later, but it, it's so well done, and that yeah, that movie is just great. Uh, so I'm just gonna say real quick, the best thing that I've recently seen is another recent release, and it's the Lego Movie to the second part. And I am a huge fan of the first one, and this one is not as good as the first one. Because, you know, Miller and Lord aren't involved, or aren't as involved as they were in the first one, which is fine. <clears throat> I'm still going to, you know, judge it on its own merits, but it's good. It's They do a good job of continuing the story from the first one and picking up right where it left, right where the uh, first one leaves off. And... So the, I mean, the Lego movie's been out for a while, but, uh, you know... Yeah, everybody first... who wants to see the Lego movie has seen the Lego movie, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the, you know, the first Lego movie ends with the, the, one, the revelation that this kid, the, basically the whole movie is a metaphor for this kid and his dad, and that his sister is invading the world now at the exact end of the movie with these horribly put together Lego monstrosities. (laughs) 
and it picks up right there and it does a great job of continuing that that theme and that idea without feeling like it's trying to establish like without feeling like it's trying to make the film bigger than it actually is because one of the reasons that the first lego movie works so well is because there are constant reminders of how small everything is for instance the the like literally small like there's the little lollipop that morgan freeman's character carries around with him as his uh scepter (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so there's still reminders of that they don't try to turn it into this big grand epic battle of good and evil um, it's very similar themes to the first one. They build on all their characters. There's the same goofy, world-breaking jokes. There are a lot more songs in this one. <laughs> it's almost a musical, which is not a bad thing. They're all very well done. My only criticism of the movie is that it is a little too similar in terms of where it goes um, from the first one. But once again, not a bad thing. Really enjoyed the flick. So, all of that being said, let's get into The Favorite, which hasn't been out as long as <laughs> Annihilation or the Lego movie. So, just just to be safe, just just for Jace, we'll uh we'll just do first impressions and then we can we can get into spoilers. Right on. So, what did you think of the favorite? Uh, I just came back from seeing it, so it's a little bit more fresh in my mind. Maybe I might be, um, <laughs> my emotions might be showing a little bit more. Because when did you see it? You saw it like a few weeks ago, right? Oh, I saw it when it was in theaters. So I, I think I saw it in either November or December. Oh, geez. Okay, so I, we're... I was there. I was there opening night. I was that was the movie that I was probably the most excited for last year right because um the director um he's actually he did um the lobster and yep. uh killing of a sacred deer yorgos yep. lanthimos uh he also did dog tooth just want to say right dog tooth i know because i was thinking about that when i was driving home i was just like there's one more i swear but you're the one that's more uh, his fan because I haven't seen those movies. I know the mm-hmm. vibe from just by watching the trailers. Um, and so this is like um, Alex Garland. Like this is the first. Um, this is the first movie of his that I have seen. So this is my jumping on point for him. Yep. Um, and I would say that, like, he has a very distinctive style. And that comes across very well. It, it seems like very sardonic, and I've I've heard it from a million people before. But I, I figured this movie was going to be really dry when it came to like humor and just how the tone is set. Um, and I was not disappointed. Um, <laughs> I think, like, I'm just not going to speak to those other films or or what they might have been because I haven't seen them. But uh, like the people who are droll are droll, but. This is mostly a female cast, or at least, you know, the mains are females. Yep. Um, and Rachel Weisz, I, you know, I really liked her. Emma Stone really brought, um, like, at, at, fir- at least in the first half of the film, she brought kind of, like, she seems to be, like, the life to the movie. Like, the one that's mm-hmm. kind of, like, the intruder, the one that's breaking up this whole, like, 
you know, everybody who seems really strict and not having fun or anything like that. Um, and then it kind of takes a turn later in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, and, and no, then, it... yeah, and then and then the and then uh, Olivia Coleman who plays uh, the Queen Anne. Um, I think she did a really good job because she's really the linchpin. Like, because like yeah. you could you could think that Emma Stone gave a good performance or Rachel Weisz, but like she is the linchpin to the film. Like if she doesn't work, like the movie doesn't work. Absolutely. And like I really liked her. Um, I will say though, um, because this is really like a movie of its cast. Like I really yeah. like the production of it. I think it is a period piece, so like everything I felt like was very authentic. So I liked it. Um, but I will have to get. I have to give a shout out to um, Nicholas uh, Holt, who uh, plays Beast in the X, the new X Men films. Um, but he's also known for other things like Warm Bodies, um, and uh, he was in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, and he's 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 quickly like climbed. He, he shows one up of my in favorite. random places. But and then where he where he shows up, he's like so good. Like he's yep. like such a breath of fresh air. And in this movie, like his introduction and like every time he pops up, I was just like, oh, we're gonna get something good out of this one, because like every time, like he just he's so good. Because um, he just he he brings such an energy to uh, like he uh, like this is this is gonna sound bad, but. Most of the mains in the film are females, but he is definitely the most catty. He's definitely the most... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, like, that, I, that's the kind of thing I adore, and that's kind of, like, what I loved about his performance in this film. Where, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, you know, like, where, where Coleman, Stone, and Weiss had to, like, kind of play straight men the entire film, as the term goes, or straight women. Like, and yeah. then all they of a sudden you get They Nicholas were playing Holt. it straight. Yeah, where Nicholas Holt is just like he comes in, and the whole point, like obviously, he has a character to play, and but the character is intrinsically silly because he is a politician. Yep. <laughs> and then he and he just and then whenever he and uh, Emma Stone interact, it's uh, those are probably my favorite parts of the movie. Um, yeah. But he's, when he's when great. I'm yeah when I'm when I talk about like the entire the movie as a whole, I think it all works really well. I think. Um, I think there's there's a little bit of energy lost by the end, but by that time, I think they get to the end fast enough where it's not a huge deal. Um, but otherwise, the rest of the movie just like just goes along, and it's it's just a joy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I was really looking forward to this film, and I did not feel disappointed in the least. I. Loved it. It was in my top ten for the year. I think it was like number six or seven, somewhere around there. And yeah, no, it's it's great. I really, really liked it. I think it's back in theaters now, or it's coming back in theaters soon. Yeah, it's for the, it's like for the AMC. Oscar push for well, at yep. least like uh, we have a man theater uh, where I am, and this is about the time when this kind of movie comes to theaters like this that there's more mm-hmm. awareness about you know what's coming up on the oscars so go watch it everyone because it's awesome yeah it's pretty good and and yorgos lanthimos i think that's how you say his name is an amazing filmmaker i've seen a bunch of his other movies i haven't seen all of them because there are definitely some that are harder to locate here but 
I have seen The Lobster, I have seen Dogtooth, and I have seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And I really enjoyed most of those. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, it's great. And we're going to get into spoiler stuff now, so... You know, go see the movie and then come back and listen to it. Or don't. I don't care. Do whatever you want. You're a free person. (laughs) the ability to to make choices. I hope so. (laughs) I would like to start by just talking about how much fun it was to see Emma Stone play a character that really felt like out of character for her because she's America's sweetheart I mean she's one of them she's I feel (laughs) like she's I feel like she's one like uh like Jennifer Lawrence where you don't ever see her play a bad guy she's always one of the heroes or you know you're and you don't get me wrong, she's very likable in this movie, but you're right, she comes across as like, oh, hey, I'm the goofy cousin who's going to show up, and I'm going to cause havoc, but then you realize that she has much more sinister intentions. Yes, that that does not uh, become apparent until later, because I feel like, um, at least uh, most of the people in the theater are the people who are reacting to the film, which I appreciate, because I definitely reacted to the film. Like, I think Mm -hmm. this is very much a comedy to be seen with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, uh, yeah, like, when stuff like that happened, like, there was, like, there was people going, like, oh, my God. Or, you know, laughing, especially at the port, at the point, um, the one scene uh, that made, the first one that made me laugh out loud was um, when this, this, uh, this, I not count, but like uh, he's a gentleman that hangs out with Nicholas Holt's character. He's like in the party, and he uh, he his eye is on Emma Stone's character, and because he is attracted to her, and he tries <laughs> to make advances. And the first time that they like like they're in like a wooded uh, in a field, and uh, like like he's like creeping up on her uh, because he's on the hunt as it were um and she just like smacks him as hard as she can the more <laughs> he's like rah and then yep. she just like jumps up and then went like full full body yep. into that slap and then she does it again like halfway through but like that first time like i couldn't it, it was too much for me i couldn't take no, it no that was awesome yeah. um, no that was great and so uh so like there is like very like crowd pleasing moments in this film, um, absolutely. That 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 plays against like the dryness of the rest of it. Um, I really I really want to talk about the tone of the movie real quick. Okay. And one of the things that I loved, and I know that we talked about this a little bit in, or when when I was talking about Annihilation, but I feel like there are a lot of moments in this movie that works so well because Lanthimos is such a great filmmaker and he knows what he's doing and for instance um, there's a lot of not a lot of but the the sexual moments between um, Emma Stone and Rachel Wise and those two and then their interactions not with each other but with Olivia Coleman are like really well done and I feel like if this was any other movie, they would be pushing it to make it either more sexy or 
you know, shying away from it to be more, you know, mainstream, whatever. But it's just cool because this is such an, like a movie that's made for adults. And it doesn't shy away from that fact. And so there's that. And then I also really appreciated that it doesn't, and this goes for pretty much all of his movies, it doesn't shy away from how horrible people are. Um, and I think that he does such a great job at showing how horrible people can be while also making you laugh and then having um, dawning realizations of, like, oh, I'm a crappy person just like the people in this movie. And one example that I'll give real quick is the the bunnies that uh, Olivia Coleman's character has. Mm-hmm. When they first show her and you're like, oh, she's a goofy queen. She's got an army of bunnies running around. And then you realize that, oh, they they each represent a child that she's lost. Seventeen. Yup. <laughs> um, and, like, holy crap, that's... I don't know, that just... That hit me pretty hard. And I thought that was... Like, all of that stuff was just... It's so well-balanced, and it's so well-done. Mm-hmm. I think there's more weight to that scene just because that's the first time, like, she opens up to Emma Stone's character... Yeah. And then she, and then that's where the turn starts happening, where she becomes the favorite as opposed to Rachel Wise. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like that, with the tone up to that point, like it's, yeah, he he's able to, uh, to to wield that tone a little too well. It was very unsettling, but like it still kept people captivated in the theater. That's what I was like. I was expecting some people to, like, flashback to when we watched The Witch, and there were people who were just like, oh, that was the stupidest movie I've ever seen. But, like, that, <laughs> apparently that movie was not successful enough to grab those people. Mm-hmm. But this movie, like, there was not a single person in the theater that wasn't, like, transfixed by the tone. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great. I do want to say that one of my only complaints... And I know that you have one, too, that you mentioned a little bit earlier about the uh, energy level. But one of my only complaints about the movie is that, especially in terms of uh, Lanthimos' other films, which, like I've said, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of for the most part, this one is never quite as... <laughs> I don't like using this word, but it's never quite as nasty as his other movies, Okay, in my opinion. Um, I feel like... Do you it, think that has something to do with the fact that there's, like, three female leads? Because the last two have been um, mostly male-driven, right? It's like Colin Farrell, he's been the last two. Like, do you think that has something to do with it? Maybe. I mean, Dogtooth is is centered around a uh, mostly a female character. I mean, it's centered around a whole family, but it centers around one daughter in particular. So... I don't know, I and, and maybe it's just because the other ones, the other three films all feature, okay, so Dogtooth features some extremely disturbing visual images um, that he shows you, 
and then the killing of a sacred deer and the lobster both feature extremely disturbing images that you aren't shown but that you're like almost shown if that makes sense uh for example there is a part where one of the characters is about to stab himself in the eye and they like cut away right before he goes through with it Mm -hmm. and so stuff like that and i guess the only thing in this film that i really felt like came close in terms of like the the visual stuff is maybe at the end when like the very very end of the movie when um which again you know this is all spoiler stuff so this is the end of the movie (laughs) um emma stone has won the battle for the favorite and uh olivia coleman is sitting there and uh emma stone is does she step on the bunny is that what happens yes so one of the bunnies is like just happens to be on the ground by her foot and i guess she's gotten to such a point uh so heady and so confident in the fact that she's made it that she like lets her 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 evil side show a little bit more and she like puts her the heel of her, you know, because she has um, heels on or ele- yep. elevated shoes, and she puts the the crevice like down on the bunny's neck, and like I heard the entire theater just go, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, and then she like it's so funny because like it's the failing of the character. It had to happen at some point, and I know I know that there was a good reason why that was the end of the film because that was. You know, the queen finally realizing that Emma Stone is actually this really bad person who was just very good at being nice to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, like, Emma Stone, for people who are wondering, Emma Stone's character doesn't actually kill the bunny, but the bunny does, like, squeal. Um, so if you don't, if you don't, if you're kind of squeamish about that, you know, it, it only happens for a second. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very disturbing. And then. Do you want me to just kind of lay out the rest of the scene too? Yeah, because you get that you get that great moment where Olivia Coleman pulls pulls I guess pulls rank over pulls her. rank. Yep. yep. Because earlier in the um, film, the first time that uh, Emma Stone's character and the Queen, because they are lovers at this point, because that's what it was with uh, with um, Rachel Weisz's character as the favorite. Um, where, you know, they were lovers before Emma Stone came into the picture. Um, because the first, the first scene that, uh, she said, rub my legs, then they made love, and then, so this is a mirror of that scene where she sees what Emma Stone's character really is, and then pulls rank and makes her do the thing that she thought she was giving to her genuinely. Now, she's making her do forcefully and she even like now at this point she's the queen is so ill though that it looks like she can't move much of half her body like she might have had a stroke um and so she says she gets dizzy which probably not true and then and then uh leans on emma stone's head as she is kneeling down rubbing her leg and like pulling her hair essentially and and then it cuts a few times between emma stone and Olivia Coleman, um, and then it it like 
it's all like a big dissolve between three shots Olivia Coleman's face Emma Stone's face and then like a whole like all the bunnies mm-hmm. and them like jumping around and then like it's just like it's a cascade you can feel uh, Emma Stone is obviously not happy because now she's like now she's forced she's essentially where she was at the beginning of the film where she has nothing because and now she's at the whim of the world like she can't she's not actually free uh, the yeah. queen is not happy because now she doesn't have a person she trusts or a lover that she can feel genuine with. And then the with the dissolve of the shot of the bunnies, like all that, like bad, all those bad feelings. And she said that every time that she lost a child, there's part of her that went with them. And I think I honestly think the way the shot was and how it fades out. I think that was the end of her life. I think that was the end of any kind of goodwill she had. That mm-hmm. was pretty much they're done. Like she's done, and I can't imagine that. Like there was much more after that point. That that was why I think that it was very smart to just fade to black on those dissolve shots. Yeah, I I do want to talk also about the kind of the. What happened? The the final, um, I guess, I think it's the final, like I don't know what else you would call it, uh, prank or move that Emma Stone makes against Rachel Weisz, where she drugs her on her horse and she wakes up in a it's a, it's a brothel, right? It is a brothel. Yep. Yeah, and she is not doing well. No. <clears throat> and. That was such a creative move, I thought. And I really liked how they played it out. And I appreciated it because, I mean, after that you get the, I believe it's right after that, you get the challenge from Rachel Weiss to be like, hey, you need to send Emma Stone away because... Either that, or I'm gonna expose these letters to the public. That's what she tells the queen, and then she burns the letters anyway. Yes, I and think it's an important like order that that happens in though, because Rachel Weisz's yeah. character burns the letters before she knows that the queen is turned on her. Because yeah, and the it's, thing, yeah, because that shows her character as opposed to like her trying to save her ass. Yeah, it's so sad because part of her at least I mean I know obviously they show that part of her is just working to stay in her favorite but part of her definitely cares about her or part of Rachel Weiss cares about the queen as opposed to Emma Stone who seems to just care about herself yeah it's political gain like she becomes yeah. a lady again because of the queen otherwise she was just going to be a servant for the rest of her life yeah and yeah, no, I and Nicholas Holt is great, and he's, he's silly and wonderful, and oh yeah, this whole he's movie is he's just the one awesome. who says he says the c word a few times, <laughs> yep. and every time he does, like not necessarily um, a word that I'm comfortable, I never say it, but also <laughs> not really one that like it's like more brutal than the f word in the states over like yep. in europe it's not so bad but every yeah. time like he that's like his opening line like he says that 
Yep. And I was just like, oh, like immediately I already know who this character is. Like, <laughs> I don't have to like, there, there's, there's like absolutely, it doesn't have to be any character building on his part at all. Like literally that first line, I was just like, oh, I know who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Right. I really hope that either this film or Roma sweeps all the Oscars. I would be very happy if this won, yeah, anything. I, I think it'll probably get, like, costume design, for sure. I really liked yeah. it. No, it was great. This whole movie is just awesome. All right, well, wait, there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to this movie, and I feel like I don't remember what it is anymore, so let's go ahead and talk about our... <clears throat> Five word review slash summaries. Okay. Five ish, just to be clear. Jason. Because I know that sometimes I go, what? Are we are we getting Caitlin's side on it? Are she talking when we when she comes in for I the will, next part? Yeah, we will we will have Caitlin's side uh or opinion on the movie when she comes in to do her segment, which will be shortly. Very <laughs> Did you want to do your five word first? Sure. Okay. So I've already told you this, Hit but mine is, mine is an X-Men joke. And it is Emma Stone outbeasts Nicholas Holt. Wow. You said it I was got. an X-Men joke, but that was bad, Jason. I appreciate <laughs> it, though. It's fine. <laughs> Mine's a little bit more, a little more on the, I don't know what you would call it, a little bit more direct. And my five-word review is Nicholas Holt is a bitch. <laughs> I'm glad that both of us are about Nicholas Holt. Oh, yeah, I know he he is the he's the nastiest bitch out of all of the characters in the movie. It's so funny. Oh, I remember what I was going to talk about. Um, real quick, I just want to say, as a fan of his other of uh, Lanthimos's other work. If you liked this, you need to check out his other movies because they are just as demented, creative, <laughs> nasty, and just all around fucked up as the favorite is, especially um Yes, but uh, I suppose my question to you is like like this is my first movie from from, you know, mm -hmm. this director. So, like, would you recommend that this would be a good starting point and then going back? Or do you think it'd be good to watch them in, like, order? I would say... So, here, here's what I will say up front is that I am not... The one the one film that I'm not crazy about is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, it's pretty uneven, and it takes a really interesting premise and kind of... I don't know. I, I feel like it doesn't fulfill what you want in a way that makes any sense. But it's I still recommend people watch it um, because there are, it is a very well-made movie and there is a lot of... Excuse me. There's a lot of good stuff in the film. Okay. So that being said, I, I think that the closest to this, if you want to see, like, oh, what's, like, if you want a gradual progression, because for me, Dogtooth is the best of his movies, and so I really like, I really love that, but the, I also want you to be aware that that is, without a doubt, like, the darkest and 
most fucked up out of all of his movies, at least in my opinion. So, you need to prepare yourself. <laughs> so, I guess I would recommend just watching The Lobster and then and, and Killing of a Sacred Deer first, probably. Okay. And then watching Dogtooth, which I think is available on YouTube for free. I might be wrong, but last time I checked, which I don't remember when that was, but I feel like okay. it was recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so. you're right. Yeah, sorry. No, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I, I highly recommend... I, I really want to get into watching some of his other, other Greek movies, but I don't know how to find them. Yeah, so that I stuff guess. is kind of hard to, to get a hold of, like especially when they move from like making more international films or English-speaking films, and when they've come from like making films in their, you know, in their native country. Like, right? don't even get me started with Takeshi Kitano. Oh, or uh, my my uh, my my white whale. I feel like right now is getting a hold of um, the Pusher trilogy. Oh, yeah. By Nicholas Winding Refn, which seems to be impossible to import here unless you want to pay like a hundred bucks. Wasn't which I really don't want to. Wasn't that something that was remade too? It was remade, and I hear the remake. Like there is was terrible. English remakes of that of those movies. They just. Or am did the I first thinking about one. something else? No, they uh, they did an English remake of the first Pusher movie. Okay. And from what I hear, it is awful. <laughs> I believe it. So, but I mean, he he's another one who which I I'm not gonna spend much time talking about this, but he's another one who has such a distinctive style. I mean, I don't feel like you could copy any of his movies and have them be good. So, that's what I think. <laughs> okay, um, and I get that you know, like a remake. Oh, it's got to have its own. It's gonna have its own tone, its own voice, whatever. Blah blah blah. But I feel like he—he's like his his creativity and his vision is needed in order for the the movies to work. So, anyway, moving on. I I will I will say my recommendation yes. to people since I have watched a lot of depressing films lately. If you want to watch another period piece about a person trying to get out of their stature um, in a hierarchical, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, dominated period, I would recommend watching A Knight's Tale, which is completely accurate to the period in which it takes place. There's no, like, out of, <laughs> there's there's not, yeah. like, uh, people in medieval times, you know, uh, doing We Will Rock You by Queen or anything like that. Um, <laughs> there's no, you know, pop references or anything like that. Nope, but like, not at all. But if I were to recommend something to cheer you up after this film, but you still want a period piece about that, then, like, it's not bad to to watch one of uh, the late Heath Ledger's good comedies. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have wanted to rewatch that movie for so long because I know that many people my age or in our age group remember it fondly, and I do not. <laughs> Aww. So I would really like to watch it again. <laughs> I, Heath Ledger um, is charming as hell. Paul Bettany he, is also very good in that film. Yeah, and it, and it's got um, oh, what's the the guy from Dark City? What's his name? Is it, is it Rufus Wainwright? Is that his name? Something like that. Rufus Sewell. S e w e l l, I believe. That guy. Can't believe I have He's, that knowledge in my head. <laughs> I can't either. 
<laughs> yes, uh, he's in it, and he's he's also an actor that I really like that I wish was in more stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, my my recommendation, which if you don't want to feel happier and you would prefer to continue to feel depressed and feel like shit, um, I would recommend the film Nocturnal Animals, mm. which is another uh, pretty twisted, pretty messed up, and depressing film that is a little it's definitely different like it it's not in that same period and it's about and i think the only reason that this popped into my head is maybe just because i watched velvet buzzsaw and that's a movie about art criticism and Mm. uh nocturnal animals is all artsy and stuff but it's another movie that doesn't it explores conflict and power between relationships with out resorting to a lot of violence and i know you've probably seen the trailer and been like oh but there's violence in that movie trust me is very different than what you think um so that (laughs) (laughs) you want to continue to feel like crap all right so that being said we're gonna see how this goes i have caitlin here hi caitlin hi hi Donnie, can you hear? Hello, Caitlin. I can hear. Yes. Nice. Okay, cool. So, uh, Caitlin, what did you think of the favorite? Um, I liked it. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have anything like insightful like you guys do. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I mean, I went in with like already um, like positive expectations, and it like even exceeded that. I do really want to quickly say that the first uh, Lanthimos, or the only other Lanthimos movie that I believe Caitlin has seen, <laughs> is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I hated and, that. And she hated it. <laughs> yes. So I feel like uh, you, you can only go up with that attitude. <laughs> I hated it. It was weird. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did, did, do you feel like you have any, uh, con- considering that the main cast are all women, do you feel like you have any feminine insights to it? Um... I feel like this is the part where I sit here and I talk about, like, female empowerment and blah, blah, blah. But as much as I liked it, I feel like, I mean, they were probably going for that. And in each way, like, there was, each woman was empowered. However, um, it was also kind of a movie filled with these women who are competing. And that kind of behavior always bothers me because, you know... We should empower each other. But I get it for, like, the time, because um, it is more of a period piece. Like, it totally makes sense. It's all about moving up in the world and, earn, like, getting a better rank by any means necessary. So when I kind of take my feminist mindset out of it, <laughs> I uh, really enjoyed that part of it. So Nice. All right. Well, and, well my question for you, Caitlin, is... Because uh, we talked about him quite a bit, but what did you think about Nicholas Holt? Oh my gosh, I was so disappointed. I wanted, I was so excited when I saw the trailer, and I was like, yes, and he's going to be great. And there's this one scene where him and um, Emma Stone are walking, and I was like, yay, they're going to be buddies. And he is just <laughs> such a bitch. He is so conniving. He's the worst of them all. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I was very disappointed. Yeah, did you hear? Did you hear what my five-word summary review was? 
I didn't. What was it? It was Nicholas Holt is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're all Perfection. on the same wavelength with this one. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Did you come up with a five-word review? Not really. Okay. I wanted to say something about conniving lesbians, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Well, all right. So let's do it this way. Uh, let's have her read her description of the trailer. And then we'll each take a guess at what it is. Okay, so I picked a movie that is in theaters, that is coming out in theaters, and then one that has left theaters. Um, They're in no particular order. And when I watched the trailer, I turned the volume off and just wrote down something, like, very basic about the scene. All right. So (laughs) here we go. Let's hear it. Alright, um, so <laughs> this one opens with snow, and then more snow, and then now a truck driving through snow, and then there's a man getting an award, um, and then more of this man in the snow, <laughs> and then it jumps back and forth between this man giving a speech at the award, him driving a truck, and him standing <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> Mm. I um, think I know what it is. <laughs> me too. I have a good guess. I mean, do you want me to keep reading? No, there's a, no. there's let's, a lot left. Let's let's let's, let's, yeah, let's hang on. I'll find some good like excerpts. Okay. All right. So then there's a lot of him and this woman like smiling at each other, and then they're looking at a body, and then the oh, yeah. man starts talking to a fat man <laughs> in a Hawaiian shirt. And there's a lot of him talking to the fat man. So the scenes jump between fight scenes, um, him talking to the fat man, and disposing of bodies. And then the last 40 seconds are shots of, as I summarized, men standing around, cars, (laughs) and guns. Okay, I'm I'm not so sure anymore, but I'm just going to stick with what I thought. What'd you say? Okay, well, do you have yours? Because I don't want to influence yours if you already have it. No, no, I, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, so just go ahead and say it. Okay, don't, I... Don't don't tell us who's right until we're, we're both... I we're won't, both I right. won't. Okay, go ahead. I think it's Cold Pursuit. Okay, I also think that it is taken for Cold Pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> it is Cold Pursuit. Good okay. job. <laughs> nice. Go us. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> All right. Okay, um... Let's do... <laughs> This one. Okay. okay. So this one starts with an older woman with an assault rifle. <laughs> All right. Starting off strong, I'm sure. Yep. Um, then there's lots of shots of people turning and looking at the camera. Then the older woman and a young girl, like a teenager, are sitting in what looks like a bar booth looking disappointed. Then... The younger, ver- like a younger version of the woman, is running through the woods with a little girl on her back. And then it jumps back to the old, wo- like older woman with a gun, now in an office building. Um, let's see what else do I have. Um, cuts to a, the the old woman making out, and then back to her walking through a different office building. There's shots, uh, like, uh, shots of a man running away, shots of an ink bag exploding, um, and then there's a lot of quick shots of different kinds of violence, ending with the older, 
woman kissing the young, like the teen girl's forehead. Okay, I think I got it. All right, what is it? <laughs> All right, as long as you have yours, Jason, I'll say mine. Yep. I think it's destroyer. All right, I think it is. Uh, it's taken five, mistaken. <laughs> oh my god, mistaken. Uh, Which is a, a joke from BoJack Horseman. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so what's your real answer? I don't have one. I don't have any idea. Okay, I'm pretty sure good, Donnie's right. Good job, Donnie. It was destroyer. <laughs> yep, Nicole Kidman. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, as soon as you said it, though, Donnie, I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So my last one. Uh, the opening scene is a turntable. Guy sees girl in a pool. Guy and girl are laying on her bed, smiling at each other. And then it's a scene. Then it quick sh- like shifts to a scene of that guy sitting sadly in a kitchen. Lots of shots of the guy and the girl talking. Then it's him knocking on her door to see that everything is gone. And then it alternates between shots of the guy talking to an older guy and looking through the girl's empty apartment. He sees an, uh, next scene, he sees an infinity symbol, but like, uh, never mind, that's all I'm gonna say. (laughs) And then the next, like, the rest of it is shots of him talking to, like, different people, running around through different parts of the city, staring at people, And there's one scene of him running with a box of cereal. And then the last scene is... uh, First, it's him in water. And then the final scene is him sitting in a chair. I know what this is. I don't have any idea what it's called. (laughs) I I am in the exact same boat. Because I... Yeah, because it's like... Exactly what you said, like these two characters meet at this hotel and and then like he goes to her apartment and then he's like obsessed with her because she's gone and she try and he's trying to find her like yep. i've seen this trailer at least like 5 times against my will <laughs> and i don't know what the title i can't remember for the life of I'm, me i'm going to go ahead and can you give me at least okay can you guys give me the name of the main character like the actor i thought it was paul dano that's not right though Nope. <laughs> I would have loved to see Paul Dano in this movie. I am going to go ahead and uh, guess that it is uh, uh, a Taken 6. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Take, 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 it, take it aback. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, what is it? <laughs> it's called Under the Silver Lake. It's okay. Andrew Garfield. Oh. Oh! No! <laughs> Why did I mistake Andrew Garfield? Paul, never mind. That's bad. Did you mistake Andrew Garfield for t- Paul Dano? Yes. Shame on you. Don. Yeah. All right, so that means that I won, right? I got two, you got yes. one. So you, you are the victor. I feel good. good. I'm I'm surprised. That last one was bad. It was yeah. bad. That but was bad. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also wasn't the uh, movie that I was thinking of. So what were you thinking of? I don't even remember. Some movie that you showed me a trailer for a while ago. 
<laughs> that you were like really excited for, and I can't remember at all what it's called. Uh, or well, it sure wasn't the Prodigy. It was not the Prodigy. Which it was a disappointment. But apparently not the worst thing you guys saw in the last week. I talked about it on the last episode. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I still have to <laughs> listen to we're, that. We're, That's bad on my part. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's, it was the episode where we had the uh, professional Australian Philip Y guest star. <laughs> so it was pretty fun. Anywho. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So that is, I think, everything that we were going to talk about. So thank you so much for listening. Like to take a moment to thank Caitlin for guesting on our show. I hope you had fun. That you enjoyed yourself. I did. Cool. It's good. <clears throat> to come back someday. Someday. Uh, someday. I wouldn't um, mind if you're a regular on the podcast. At least if it's <laughs> just for a segment. I mean, if you two right. are going to watch movies together, then, you know, it's good to have your input. Well, I can't drive right now, so we usually do. Mm, cool. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, that's been good, and I would like to thank... Dr. Tub Thumper for recording or doing our intro music. As far as I know, he still has not recorded any other music under that name. But <laughs> if you want, if you want to go try to find other music by his name, feel free to do so. I'd like to thank uh, Preston Alexander or Pralex, believe he goes by on Twitter and Instagram for doing our art. I'd like to thank Caitlin Industries That's me. for editing our show. <laughs> and uh, please follow us on Facebook <clears throat> and Twitter, which it's, I believe it's both just at the outer frame. Yes, Facebook, probably the best way that you're going to get updates from us. Um, and then I'm going to start up the Twitter again. Um, so Hooray. you'll see more posting on that. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, I'm also on Twitter if anyone wants to follow me. It's very bad, but if you want to, I'm at D-O-G-E-O-N-T-H-E, the number three, R-D. Yeah, and I've just been uh, I've just been informed that Caitlin Industries is going to start running an Instagram for us. So yeah, that's Woo. that's exciting. I'm and also, it'll just be the outer frame. You said that we have this up on uh, iTunes, correct, Jason? iTunes, Google Play, and I am trying to figure out how to apply to Stitcher. Okay, cool. Because uh, just like every other podcast that I listen to, if you guys want to leave a review on iTunes, that that is going to help us out a lot. There's already plenty of people who have already listened to the podcast so far, and we're really thankful that we've gotten as much like feedback and support as we have. But um, if you can if you can give us a review on iTunes, that that helps out podcasts a lot, and it would really help us out a lot. 100%. I really quickly just want to say that I thought when I finally looked at the listener stats for our shows, it was going to be Jace, and that was it. And I was so surprised to find that there are 37 Jaces in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our audience um, is Jace. Yeah, so uh, thank you so much for thanks, listening Jace. to our show. Yeah, thanks, Jace. Thank you, Jace, and all of you who are becoming Jace. For listening to our show, um, Jace is really gonna hate us at some point here if we get enough people <laughs> following us. Yes, that'll that remember that's gonna be our T-shirt. So just gonna say hello. My name is Jace. <laughs> Either that or, oh, you know what I like? We could uh, we, we we could make a reference to the 
the movie that I've never seen that you say is good that I don't believe you, which is Terminator Genisys, the line where Skynet is like, I'm becoming Skynet. I'm becoming Jace. <laughs> oh my god. Yep, that Photoshop is in the works. Expect it soon. <laughs> yep, it's it'll be right there with our uh, t-shirts that I'm still in the process of making of all three of us as Tim Curry. Somehow. Uh-huh. Okay, you didn't have to remind me of that. I had actually purged that completely from my memory, but I guess it's we're here now again. Um. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and come back when we do our next show. Come back. (laughs) Come back. Please Please come come back. back. (laughs) Please. I'm not exactly sure when we're gonna air this or put this out, but thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.